Today on Anatomy of Movie, we dissect uh, Jackie. That's right, one of uh, one of the first ladies that has caught America's attention and stayed with us. Um, a very tragic tale in American history, and uh, we're going to dissect it. So stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're talking Jackie, uh, the Jackie Kennedy movie. Um, you know, there's such an American fascination with Kennedy, and uh, we've seen so many different iterations of the assassination, but we've never seen it from the perspective of Jackie Kennedy herself. And that's what this movie is all about, and we're going to talk about it. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, be forewarned. We're talking spoilers. However, it's also American history, so you can't really get that much spoiled. Um, nonetheless, you've been warned. We have Dimitri Panos, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, movie fans. Great to be here. Phil, I love how you always start off, you're always like, all big. Like, you today in Anatomy, I love that. Listen, I'm just like Jackie, except she's that. a little bit more like proper. I'm a little bit big. And we have Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. That's right. Um, as we always do, let's start with overall impressions. Uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we start with the lady? Because it's our first lady, <laughs> yes, <laughs> on Anatomy of a Movie. That's actually very fitting. Um, I overall, I th- I thought this movie was. I'm not sure if I liked it. <laughs> not in a bad way, but um, I went into this, you know, knowing it was about JFK's assassination. So, like, I had some, you know, reserves about this movie already. Um, but at the end of it, I wasn't left with a happy feeling. It was really sad. I think it was beautifully shot. Um, and the acting was great. I, I felt like this was more of it, this could have been a re, uh, like a reiteration of or a reenactment of the actual event in like a documentary kind of style. I felt it, you know, it, it gave me the vibes of a really slow paced documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, re, and it did a good job of recounting everything that happened. I didn't realize like everything she went through just in that one week after the assassination. Technically, but, three days. Yeah, you know. you know, you know, even even shorter amount of time. But I, I I liked it. It came from the you know perspective of the woman. You always hear about JFK, and you don't really know all that much about Jackie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay. So for me, right off the bat, Natalie Portman. I felt is deserving of all the praise that's being heaped on her. I really do. She she was as amazing, uh, and, and she lived up to the hype, mm-hmm. you know. Because yeah. I had seen this movie after a lot of reviews had come in, and sometimes hype can spoil things. <clears throat> not this, not in her performance. In that case, she, I found her to be astounding as uh, First Lady Jackie Kennedy. I wish the movie had lived up to her performance. Um, for me, I you know I, I thought that it it did something that we really hadn't seen before. It picked a, a fascinating window of time because the movie takes place between the time the assassination of JFK up to pretty much the funeral and Jackie leaving the White House. And as you said on top, it is a part that we don't that has never really been talked about. A lot. We we obviously know about JFK and, and 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 Oswald and things like that. We know what Jackie Kennedy meant as a first lady, but that time period was very fascinating that they picked that. Um, but 
it was I felt the movie was cold. Um almost like Stanley Kubrick cold without his preciseness. And it sort of took me out of the movie. And in all honesty, the score doesn't help matters with me. Instead of it accentuating scenes or being a nice bed, it literally the mu- the score became the scene and took me out of the movie in many instances to the point where I don't know it, it it I noticed it much like one would notice bad wallpaper, and I'm sort of astounded that it got nominated for. Academy Awards score. Like I, I was, I'm a little bit perplexed by that. Um, I wish the movie threw a little bit more praise to Miss Kennedy. You know, number one, as first lady, she really set the bar to what it was to be, to what it is to be first lady. And one thing that the movie sort of like the message that you get is that she really. Once this happened and dealing with the loss and coping, but she still had to keep a stiff upper lip, so to speak. She still had to keep up appearances, but she had all this other stuff going on, which I found very fascinating. You know, and as a first lady, she, she you know, she made some decisions that were scrutinized by the public. She, but she handled her pressures with semblance to me. Style, grace, dignity. And there are wisps of this in Jackie. And for me, that is when this movie was best um so planning the funeral and making sure the legacy of her husband to the end till the time she left the white house it was really about like legacy and camelot uh and i found that to be very fascinating i didn't know that she was the person that described jfk's presidency as camelot I just thought that that was something throughout his entire tenure as president. But she was the one that that was her perception. And I found that to be fascinating. That was a fascinating tidbit that I did not know. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the tough part for me is ultimately because I don't know too much about her. I don't know how accurate the portrayal really is. Were they too harsh or were they not too harsh? Um, you know, and that's where I get torn in that respect. Um, but I, I, I thought I thought it was a fascinating look, and I thought uh, Natalie Portman. I mean, just the work that she put into becoming Jackie, and and, and um, you know the moments. Even though for me it doesn't paint her in the best ways, um, I still the way they portrayed her. I credit Jackie because I don't know many women that could sort of keep their cool when probably internally that their mind's a mess and yet they're still being very direct and succinct with everybody you know um so i I did appreciate that sort of side of her um and uh you know it's i i i thought for the 90 minutes that it was um i thought it dragged a little bit too long believe it or not um it languished it was it was a deliberate let's say a deliberately paced movie yeah um, you know, I, I think there is a side to it where, um, you know, it, it, it's. I'm glad that somebody outside of the U.S. directed it because they can kind of come in with that perspective and we'll, we'll sort of talk about that because a lot of people have said that was a bonus. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you, you know, um, believe it or not, I wish we saw less of John F. Kennedy. 
mm-hmm. because you know mm-hmm. I thought it, very early on they were sort of avoiding him and they were kind of just shooting the back of his head without seeing his face. I would have been fine with that because I I, I felt for a movie like this it would have been much more impact, impactful if we had never seen John. Interesting, unless his uh, you know head was blown out. Right. Well, that's the other thing too that I thought that this movie when you, we have to talk about the assassination and the way that it was portrayed in this movie. I mean. Number one, there's a brood of films, so anybody can go into YouTube and and see how this mm-hmm. happened. That's all there. Uh, Oliver Stone's movie. There's been many movies, whether they're a television movie, theatrical movie, that have depicted this. This movie was a little different because, and and, I, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, history had always documented that as the shots fired, Jackie literally did go on I mean we see it and she was picking up pieces of her husband off the 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 trunk of the car coming in and what this movie really did was number one it was it was a very hard scene because she was literally talking about holding his head together and I thought that this depiction at least showed us something it gave us a different vantage point uh, for, for an audience, a different viewpoint, and that viewpoint was strictly Jackie. It wasn't a bullet's viewpoint. Uh, it wasn't an assassin's b- viewpoint. It wasn't a Zabruder film viewpoint, uh, or 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 or, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, security. It was strictly all Jackie, and I appreciated how it was filmed. And again, her performance through that reenactment, I thought I, was. I, th- I thought amazing. just the way it was shot in general, and the, and the shots that they got was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I thought the the actual execution of it, it was just raw and visceral, which made it feel like more authentic and like you were actually there in the car witnessing what she was mm-hmm. seeing, and it it was horrifyingly beautiful, in a way. Yeah. So let's, let's take a quick step back and kind of build to how it got here, right? Um, and f- feel free to throw in more detail. I'm just going to kind of quickly summarize it. It was originally supposed to be, uh, what I believe, four episodes of an HBO miniseries, right? Chronicling one for sort of each day, in a way. Yeah. Um, and it was going to be Steven Spielberg. You know, it was going to be his project. Um, then... Uh, then the notion came about, okay, why don't we just turn this into a movie? Darren Aronofsky was going to direct it. Um, Rachel Weiss was going to be Jackie. Um, from what I understand now, whether or not this is true, because the two of them split romantically, that never came to full fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Darren Aronofsky stays as the producer and um, you know sees Pablo's work and says, hey, you know, I think you're the guy to do this. And um, and he says, okay, I will, only if Natalie Portman plays Jackie. Right. And because of Darren Aronofsky's connection to Natalie from Black Swan, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were able to make that happen. And then here we are. Yeah. Feel free to fill in the details, but I, I think I covered the broad strokes. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, you know, and I think it would have been an interesting movie. Personally, I think it would have been a very interesting movie had Aronofsky stayed on as director. Um, yeah, I mean, this is right up his wheelhouse. Of- yeah, and, and and I don't know. I, I'm not, after watching the movie, I'm not, nothing against Pablo uh, Lorraine's work, uh, I would, I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that he was the right person Um 
going into it because of his unfamiliarity uh, of the subject matter of the time. I, I don't know. It might have just given a little more warmth. I understand this is it was a depressing time period, but I even think with 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 depressing, even if you watch a movie like Manchester by the Sea, there is still there is still a little warmth there, and so. I wasn't. I'm not quite convinced he was the best for the job, but I understand. I get it. Uh, I think. I think to me, what was fascinating was getting this gentleman to write the movie. Uh, Noah, he, Oppenheim. Noah Oppenheim, who's a journalist, and this guy, you know, look at this guy. Cut his teeth in the world of news politics. He was senior VP of NBC News, where we often talked about Kennedy's impact with fellow journalists, right? He's also the co-author of the bestseller Intellectual Intellectual Devotional uh, American History, a Compendium of Wisdom from uh, American Historical Gurus. I mean, so this is a guy who comes whose wealth of history, I think, was suited for, you know, he's suited for doing the screenplay. And he was just fascinated by this, this time period. And I thought his screenplay... I thought the screenplay was done really well because it did show us the behind the sort of the the behind the closed White House doors, the swearing in of Johnson, uh, talking about security for the wedding. This is all stuff that I don't even recall from history, and I wasn't I wasn't born when when Kennedy was assassinated, but I do know the impact. We all know the impact of what JFK meant, and to an extent, what Jackie meant. We talked about uh, hidden figures, mm-hmm. right? Which was right around this time, right? Yeah, it was. The nation, there was, even though there was all this stuff going on with JFK, the reason why it's Camelot, because there was this optimism, there was this hope. Like, people, people liked the president. They liked who was the commander-in-chief. And... Um, I like that they did capture that well because it was like he could have done so much. And it was that that feeling I I think they captured really well Mm -hmm. that he didn't get to do enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, no, but I think Noah Oppenheim's screenplay, I think it was like if it was visualized by somebody else, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, That's just my my take on it. Other people may really like that director, but. I think it's language, like you said, too. Yeah. Marissa, anything to add? Yeah, the <clears throat> the interesting thing about the script, you know, from Oppenheimer, he had his good close friend, Franklin Leonard, who <laughs> runs the blacklist, and he sent it to him, and he was the one who actually got it in the hands of Spielberg um, back in the early early days of this production, which I, I thought was fascinating because, you know, we cover a lot of films that talk about, um, from the scripts that oh, sure. were on the blacklist, Absolutely. and knowing that this one was on it. Um, it made number two on 2010's blacklist. I, I think it's great that we're covering yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And also with the development, the, the director, Lorraine, um, you know, in the first talks of he was questioning whether he should do it or not, he was talking to his mother. He had a conversation with his own personal mother, and his mother pretty much convinced him. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you should do it. For someone who's so far removed from that country, but hearing about a story about this woman you know intrigues me so you should do it so and that was coming from someone who is chilean and not american whatsoever so like she had that intrigue of wanting to know a story that should be told and that kind of helped convince him to do this film 
And you know, and I, and I don't disagree with doing this story. The the framework or the bookends of the story was it's all done in the framework of uh, of, of of Jackie being interviewed by a journalist. Well, it, it's supposed to be Theodore White from Life magazine. From Life. Yeah, Theodore White. Be- because that in real life was the first interview she did end up right. doing. Um, so, but they never, for whatever reason, they never credit it as being. Yeah. I don't know for whatever reason why. The other thing that I found very interesting uh, in this is that Lorraine's uh, idea to incorporate the 1962 television showing of a tour of the White House. And, again, this wasn't anything that I had seen before. I I wasn't around in 1962. Um, But I do find it... I found it fascinating for a myriad of reasons. A, I liked the way that it was shot. And it almost appeared that they used actual footage from the television show at times and then how they blended it with with Natalie Portman as Jackie. When you think about it, and, and again, it just goes back to that sense of feeling of hope and optimism. This is literally the first time that, due to technology as well, that a first lady took it upon herself to say, I want the people to see the history that's in this house why this house is so great and then at the end of this tour that she does you know JFK comes out Mm -hmm. if you put yourself if you can try to put yourself back in that time I mean it got over 56 million viewers okay this is something that could be DVR'd right back then then. can't be DVR'd VCR'd or any kind of art they watched it live. They were captivated. The Ameri- you know, if, if the current presidency were to do something, I don't think it would get 56 million viewers. Um, but it just, again, it just goes back to that time. And I loved how they incorporated it into the film. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very wise. It was a wise move. Um, you know, one of the fascinating things, so it did, they did actually use sort of an old school type of camera that yeah, Pablo did. did have. But um, I want to go to, uh, you know, the, the, one of the reasons why it did end up as part of the story was the fact that uh, Lincoln, like, Lincoln was very much a part of it, and she was going over, you know, talking about his bedroom and things like that. And, uh, you know, when you put it in the context of this movie, it is very chilling that she was talking about and having the same sort of sentiments about that assassination. And come, basically, a year and a half, I guess, later, would be... You know, her own tragedy. Like, the the irony in it is kind of masterful. Also, you know, doing the research, I found out that the, you know, the the reason, pretty much the reason why Jackie Kennedy herself actually gave the tour was because, right, when JFK was sworn in, like, one of the first things Jackie did was do a lot of uh, interior renovations Mm -hmm. of the White House, and everyone was pretty much not happy with the fact that they're spending government money on just, like, interior designing just for her own personal look. That's why she did yeah. the the video tour and the actual live broadcast tour for everyone to see. It's like, no, I'm not doing it for my taste. I'm doing it, you know, to uphold the White House. It's like these are all the the prestige of why. the White House. Yeah. And also to get the idea that it was <coughs> private funding; it wasn't government taxes that, yeah. that, that were yeah. allowing for that. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't to her, you know, fashion taste. It was you know, <laughs> for the the betterment of the White House. Right. So. Yeah. And, and she really wanted to represent, and that's the other thing too that I that I got a sense of. Jackie 
wanted to represent her husband, president husband, <coughs> forgive me, um, the inside of the White House as being the people's White House. Like, this is going to represent all our great presidents who came before. And there was even a line in the movie later on that said, yeah, you know, there's going to be a picture of, you know, John F. Kennedy gracing these walls at some point, you know? And it's just interesting that it took Jackie Kennedy to actually, you know, this is... And again, it's just the support of her husband and the presidency, but yet she knew as first lady... This is why she knew as first lady it was about image and how people were going to perceive. And you had she acted that she acted that perfectly, which again I I believe really set the bar um, for future first ladies. Because think about it, there are, how many other presidents do we know who were in Jackie's situation? I can only think of one who was close to it, and that's Nancy Reagan, with the assassination attempt done on him. Nancy Reagan was a very strong, very strong first lady in history. She's known as being, and she too handled it with grace. The only other thing too that I can think of is like Hillary Clinton. Okay, I'm not talking out of a president running for president. I'm talking only about her as a first lady. She had to go through muck and mire during her husband's presidency, and she could have taken an easy way out. But she didn't. She stayed true to the image, the appearance of the White House, you know. And then you look at somebody like a Michelle Obama, who too was was is deigned as being a, you know one of America's favorite first ladies. I think all of this stems from Jackie Kennedy. I really do. When you look at what they've had to go through and their their put up of appearance, even somebody like a Barbara Bush, I think it all stems for what bar Jackie Kennedy put. Up and and this is where that movie sort of kind of really shows that, and you can translate it throughout the rest of history to present day. I I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess not to get too far into politics. Again, the, the the part that I didn't like was that um, I, it maybe just um, drew back the current. But when she says just even a simple line of like, "Oh, I don't smoke," and 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 and, and I just looked at that like I I just hated the inauthenticity. Of what the image was versus who she was, and um, again, it might be going on. It might still be true to this day of all the people you just named, and maybe I just wasn't ready for that authenticity mm-hmm. of, of, of that gotcha. sort of line. Gotcha. Of, oh, I don't smoke. Oh, okay, because yeah. clearly you do. <laughs> clearly. Well, her image doesn't smoke. So more so her like image. that. Um, I, I think it was interesting to see because, of course, I wasn't alive during the. <laughs> during the presidency but it's interesting because i personally don't really know that much about jackie and what i did take out of this film is like i have a greater respect for her Mm -hmm. and everything that she went through because granted it was a terrible tragedy that she had to deal with in the eyes of america and in the world at that at that time so i can imagine that great deal of pressure people were putting on her from like her personal tragedy with losing her husband to still trying to run the politics of the White House while uh, other people are being sworn in dealing with the new administration that she's not really, really up to par with. Um, the, she had a lot going on for her. And, and, and imagine this, too, Marissa, and Phil, an audience. Your husband was just brutally assassinated, literally in your lap, mm-hmm. and literally within hours, okay? Your husband, who was the president of the United States of America, most beloved, and then literally within hours... Mm-hmm. 
she's seeing somebody else be sworn in at her husband's job. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine the toll and what. Well, like, I also look, that, yeah, I also look at it in these terms, right? So the, the same way we talked about that this was the first time that we had access into the White House, right? Just just by technology's sake. Um, in a way, um, what you what I think the film does capture, but perhaps not as well, and, and, and it's just a tough sentiment to get across anyhow, is this is this is the most public anyone could be. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it works in reverse because now, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's all eyes on her, right? And, you know, today it's hard because we live in a Twitter age and this and that, and so you can only imagine what they would be like today. But for that time period, no one had ever dealt with that amount of um, access, right. you know? And so, yeah, <coughs> I, I, you know, there's cameras and, and, and TV news reports, and they're, they're all wanting to tell the story. And so it's like, okay, well, how do you how do you shine away from that? Right. Um, and she couldn't. No. Just because of the, it was a different time, at least in, yeah. maybe in the past. Like, you know, not not to be uh, crude about it, but like with Lincoln's assassination, like you get a newspaper. You know what I mean? Like your 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 flow of information is is less available. Yeah, and she was sort of, she couldn't give the appearance of total depression and defeat. Because that would, she knew that that would carry on to Johnson's. Even though Johnson's, you know, was a very, very different approach to presidency. And she saw this happening right from the get go. She's not happy about it. No. But what can she do about it? See, she knew the American people were equally, like, that was a time period from what I understand that when that happened, that's what they, they say. Everybody who was alive during that time period, everybody knew exactly where they were the day that JFK was shot and killed. It's not unlike uh, many people can say everybody knew where they were when that first plane hit the Twin Towers. So that part of American history where it nobody like Lincoln, Lincoln's death wasn't televised. You know, I mean, it was done in a public play, but it wasn't televised. JFK's was like that was a big deal. Him being where he was, and everybody saw it. And and and, and then you know, going forward, everybody saw the attempt on Ronald Reagan as well. And they're all just horrific events. And you know, it can galvanize a country. But had she gone on like this depressed, defeatist attitude? It could have galvanized the company, the, the country, in a wrong, in a negative aspect, but yeah. she kept her head up high. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I give her a lot of credit. Portman did fantastic, by the way. So I, she was great. Yeah, Natalie was great. <laughs> there, there was one moment I was like, oh, she should just win the Oscar right here <laughs> and now. Um, when there was the the cut when she's in the bathroom, it's like really close up, oh. and she's just crying. Yeah. After just seeing her husband die, and that was like a long thirty seconds of her just crying. I was like, "Yep, give her the Oscar, give her another Oscar right now." Um, yeah. She was fantastic, and her voice and how she had to mimic um, Jackie's voice was for me kind of slightly jarring at first because. I don't really know how Jackie really sounds, so but I think she really embodied Jackie's character. Yeah, she would listen to audio tapes. She would listen to all the the various um, TV appearances and so forth, and she would just mimic it until she got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, yeah, and she worked with the um, voice dialect coach uh, Tanya Blumstein. Mm-hmm. And in even Blumstein said like she she nailed it, the accent. Yeah, and and Portman herself, as as always as an actress, put herself put herself through the rigors, major preparation and intense preparation, countless articles, biographies, newsreel footage, um, uh, documents, tapes, uh, released after Jackie's uh, death. But she knew ultimately she was going to have to make it her own, and. You know, it was it was tough it was, for her. It was scary uh, to do because she's well, so well known. Again, sometimes today, perhaps people forget that people looked. There was a Jackie Kennedy type clothing line. You know, she, in a sense, maybe not willingly, she dictated fashion. This was this was seen in the movie as she was driving. I believe it was away from the White House, and she's going by a clothing store. Mm-hmm. And they're putting up dresses, uh, very similar to what she wore, but just in various colors. You know, she she had that effect on a nation, so she understood what appearance meant, and that was important to her. And I really do think that Natalie Portman captured it, like whether it be crying uh, or at a glance. Uh, some of my favorite scenes in the movie where was where she was with the priest played by the now deceased uh, rest in John peace John Hurt. But those scenes were great because just the questioning of religion and how she should feel. Uh, I thought the two of them together, man, that 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 was some great. That, that was some good cinema. Yeah, right that there. was great writing and great acting married <clears throat> together. I thought that whole conversation about her questioning religion was amazing to watch because she's a woman who just witnessed her husband die. She, she's in that anger state right. of, oh. of grief. Yep. And it, it, was, it was interesting to see an angry Jackie questioning religion and like just the reason why of everything in the universe. Um, I yep. thought it was an interesting portrayal to see it from such a, that type of emotional tone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I agree. A um, couple of scenes, they didn't explore it too much, but um, Nancy, right, her her best friend throughout, um, you know, they, I enjoyed those scenes because that was the one sort of person that she could sort of be herself with. Right. And furthermore, um, just with respect, so, so she's played by Greta Gerwig, um, Natalie and her have been acted in a couple of movies, uh, or uh, No Strings Attached, at least. And so um, they are actually really good friends. And if you he- like, if you hear the praise Natalie has for Greta, it's a it, it, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so um, and that was one of the things that uh, that Pablo really gravitates towards. Like they really are best friends, you know, and, and play true to um, Jackie and Nancy. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that's great because Pablo also said that when he casted uh, um, Greta, that he was actually surprised at Greta's physical uh, physicality. She was actually bigger and taller than Natalie, so uh, Greta was like uh, uh, um, Pablo saw her as more of that protector over over Jackie, and yeah. that, like that went into her performance. Yeah, there was there's a scene in the movie. Um, between the two of them that is very tender in which Greta's character is trying to comfort Jackie. They're in the they're in the bedroom. Yeah, it was in the bedroom and she was like just pushing her hair back. But 
that's a scene where, yeah, only really close friends have that comfort to like touch one's face, pull, pull her, push her hair back. And there was a moment, and you, it was just a really tender moment between the two where there was really no words, but you understood everything that was going on in that scene. Um, and then that too is a scene I thought that that was very well. It was due to its performance and allowing the camera to stay on it that that scene really works. Absolutely. A lot. What did you think? Okay, because this is another thing that Portman... Portman not only had to have a relationship with her actors, but she also had to have a, a very good relationship with uh, Stefan Fontaine, who was the cinematographer. Okay. Yes. This movie, and this is part of something that sort of took me out of the movie a lot, a lot of close-ups. Close <laughs> like, a lot of, not just close-ups, but talking into the camera kind of close-ups. Um, obviously, there were a lot of close-ups of Natalie Portman. And she said they had to, like, really... It was almost like a dance between the two of them and how to do and what they did together and the moving around. Um, again, to me, it sort of kind of added to the coldness because when the characters were talking, it didn't seem like they were talking to anybody. I guess maybe to the audience, but I felt disconnected. Um, what, were you thought of, what were your thoughts of all the close-ups in, the, in this movie? Um, I, I didn't think about it in those terms, but um, <clears throat> when you when you say it like that, I mean, yeah, when when you go close up, it can be to see facial expression, or it could be a sense of uh, claustrophobia, um, tightness, and, and and so forth. And in this regard, where does she go? You know, she has no other outlet, and in fact, she's being kicked out of her own house at this point. Um, you know, and uh, here's the thing: sometimes it can be a technique. Um, you know, that you go close because you don't have the rest of the set built, let's say. <laughs> but in this regard, I think... I, I, you're right. I get I, in it. this regard, though, they, they had it built. Yeah, like, they, they, they had, had a great... They had <coughs> great sets and, and whatever else. And so I am surprised. I, I would have liked to sort of see the, the grandeur of it all. Um, you, you know, I don't know. They, you know, to that point, in terms of feeling it cold, like, they, they made specific... They would change up the, kind of some of the colors to make it look more bleak. Yeah. Even though mm-hmm. if it wasn't factual necessarily, right. but they wanted to convey the feeling rather than the truthfulness. Yeah, but, but we had like close-ups of like the journalist, you know, and and like you know we didn't need to see facial expressions in him. I, I understand okay. Jackie. See, but I, he was just like there. And I, he would have his head cocked and he talked to the camera. Go ahead. I, I noticed the the close-ups too because a lot of times when you do close-ups, it's more like to get more intimate with your character. And I definitely, it's just like you're literally on their level, uh-huh. feeling what they're feeling. Sure. And also, you know, just doing the research after the fact um, that Pablo actually liked Natalie Portman's eyes, saying that there's a lot of mystery in, in her, and you know, like that's what makes her a great actress um, because you're just kind of mesmerized mm-hmm. and you get lost within the character. And so they did a lot of close up on like the face to just get lost within Jackie. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean the the way I look at it too, in terms of that, uh, the the shooting seemed very proper, in the sense that like it would mimic what what um, Jackie would have in, in the sense of elegance, right? And so right. in that regard, like it, it's not an over the shoulder of Jackie to the 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 reporter. It's literally of him center. He's center. It's, we, it's it, all square. It's all center, right? So yeah. it, 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 it's a sense of 
you know, perfection, I guess, in a way, you know, as seen in the elegance of, of Jackie's eyes. Yeah, and they said for the cinematography that Jackie is always dead center of every shot. There's really no, like, particular angle, but whenever... Every time it was, like, a wide or medium shot, she was, like, dead center. Because it, it showed that her character was, like, really centered and grounded right. in life. Yeah. Or she's in the center of all this crap. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah. what I look, yeah. look at. That's it. all, yeah. That's yeah. That's it. But also, even, I think, this kind of goes in cinematography, but the, the coloring of her clothes, her wardrobe, that everyone else is usually in black or some... You, uh, unified color, and she's the one who has the the vibrant green or pink or red on, right. and she's she clearly sticks out visually in the crowd. Yeah, even 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 in her. the black and white mm-hmm. footage, like whether it's the TV show, she really stuck out, and a lot of it was just fashion, posture, mm-hmm. posture, posture, and that's what Portman got down correct. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a, a deliberate posture, um, you know. I, I think that you know Lorraine saying, you know, he says it's always about texture and expressing emotion in this movie, and he he, the, he said they ended up using a lot of handheld camera and building sets so there could have always been a three hundred and sixty degree movement, which to me there was so little movement. In this yeah. one. That's what gave it the. That's what gave it the cold feeling to me. I mean, I read this and I'm like going, "Wow, you could have utilized at least twenty degrees of that." <laughs> but you know, and he said most of the lights were hung from a ceiling, so they had more freedom. Okay, I, I get the lights in the ceiling because sometimes, like you said, they were so almost washed out white, which to me made it feel colder. You know, you wanted the feeling of being. Like, uh, like the, the the camera was literally behind closed doors, but I don't know if that's your goal. I wish you utilized it a little more. Um, maybe there was would have been a little more kineticism in the movie. Uh, I don't know. That's what he wanted to go for. That was his decision. Yeah, I, I get I, it. it. It seems so ironic that they said because. It didn't come across that way. Even even going back to your earlier point of the way, um, you know, it was shot post after him getting shot. Like, they're just driving, and the camera's completely still, and just everything's still in the frame. It's as if I'm, you know, yes, I see the road moving, and that's my only real indication that we're actually going somewhere. Otherwise, it could just be a painting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. It was it was very still, yeah. uh, and when I read that, I was like, "Wow!" So I could have seen one, some a little camera movement. I think I that I think that was definitely on purpose because it shows you know when there's a lot of movement, right. it could I, I feel like that might be a slightly different film. You know, when there's movement, when there's kinetic action in it, it, it kind of gives the movie life, mm-hmm. and, and that makes it a little bit more happy when there's right. people are moving around. And this was not a happy situation. So I can kind of understand that, like, maybe her world was standing still. Well, okay. You know, no, that's a valid point. I mean, I didn't want it to be, like, overly hyperkinetic. But pull back. Let me show some of the vista, like, what's going on. And, yes, show Portman's duress. I, I get it. And her facial expressions. Listen, uh, you know, could, could say a thousand words. 
it's correct. But, you know, and I do find that the going back and forth from black and white to whether it was the television show, uh, how everything was filmed that way, uh, I thought that that the meshing of it worked. Um, uh, it didn't take me producer. out of the. Who it didn't it? take me out of the movie. I, I'll say that. Did it take you out of the movie at all? Like no, the, no, the no. meshing of like maybe actual footage and then the film footage. It no, seemed to. I felt it. And, you know, I thought it was a nice blend seamless. because uh, that whole White House tour um, shot was actually right. refilmed shot by shot. Yeah. And so, like, I give them props for actually recreating it, and it made it as authentic as it could be. Yeah. I think it was Scott Franklin, one of the one of the producers, and if it's not him, it was one of the other ones, but um who was so nervous about how they were gonna do this and then he gave um he, he gave um Pablo and, and Stefan so much praise of like they pulled it off, man. Sure. They yeah. did so and, and they had a great colorist on the film. I don't mean hair color, I mean color of the actual movie uh Isabel Julianne. Uh yes. and and she basically she matched all the shots to the archival footage. And and again, that's painstaking because getting green and getting the right black and white in, uh, if you're going to match something... Frame by frame. Frame by that's frame. Hard. If it doesn't work, it, no. it, would, it takes you out of the movie. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? There's no like, authenticity. It's not, you're not just matching black and white to black and white. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can show plenty of examples of... The, the, there's a whole interesting... Like, I don't think people realize what goes into coloring. Right. <laughs> so. Absolutely. And, and the grading. Yeah, yeah, I know. We worked it. We sort of... Right. Yeah, was, uh, uh, that, that's how we met, sort of, kind of. We were coloring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coloring outside the lines. Um, um, I, I would like to skip to music only because I can't contain myself any any longer. About okay. Okay. It, okay, the, and Josh, if you, if you could just play that score. Oh. It literally feels like I'm being drugged. <laughs> it's rough. It's the only thing that propels this movie forward. It's like, okay, we're gonna be in the stillness of this stuff, and now get ready, because now you're gonna take a hallucinogen and we're gonna move on to the next <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's um, true. It's not I, happening <clears throat> whatsoever. And strings at a low tempo like this, and at a slow tempo like this, it... It's more so signifies like horror yeah. rather than a happiness. Well, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Agree, <laughs> like and this. You're right. This is this is what propels the movie forward. However, once I figured out who this who this person uh, who did Mika Levi, best known for unnerving seductive seductive music for Under the Skin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It felt very much like Under the Skin. Yes. I, I'm like yes, and and and. In in the description, perhaps one of the most provocative elements woven through Jackie is, and this is the word, discordant. Discordant. Yes. That's a perfect word. And why would you want it to be discordant? I, I, I get that you're going for something different, and I get you don't want it to be knee slap uh, happy, and I get you don't want it to be pounding like a Hans Zimmer score, but maybe a little piano, maybe like a little, you know, an, an easy... John Williams motif, or you know, maybe Josh, pull maybe up under John the skin. Ottman. Pull up under the skin. Yeah, soundtrack. Maybe John Ottman could have could have put it. I mean, they're subtle. This wasn't subtle. No, it wasn't. It was literally in your face. And the th- the, I think the problem with it also is like the film 
literally starts off with this music. Oh, like, first shot. In black shot. and white, there's nothing. Like, no. first shot. <laughs> like, oh, great. This and is the just kind like, of movie we're uh, going to watch. I, literally, my shoulders hide. It's like, uh, and I like sat at the slink in my chair. Yeah. I, 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 and I believe it's nominated. I don't understand. To me, I'm going to throw this question out to the audience as well. To me, what makes a great score is not only does it fit the movie perfectly as a great tool where it's a bed and and it, and it can help elevate scenes whether they be action scenes comedy scenes and whatnot but for me i take it to one extra step where i can take the score out of the movie and listen to it on its own and the score will still in one way shape or form tell me a story like if i listen to it from begin i know that it's not in the same in many cases, the soundtrack is not in the same order as it is in the movie. But to me, there's something listenable about it where it tells its story. And you can put the visual images in your head. That's at least one of my interpretations of, you know, a great score. Something that I can listen to outside of the movie. I would want to like slip my wrists if I bought the soundtrack it's and so listen to it out in my backyard while having a scotch or something. I'd, right. I'd it's be so depressing. And if you think it like oppressive, just, yeah, very oppressive and depressing. Um, but the thing is, like Jackie, she for the most part, other than the, you know, this tragedy that happened, like she was a positive figure in the eyes of America. You think there might be at least one score that's a little bit happy that kind of personifies who Jackie was as a person. But this whole film is just slow and devoid of any happiness. Would you say monotonous? I could is say that, that a good word, too? Because that's why I mentioned the word, the word wallpaper. Yeah. It just seemed like wallpaper. It's the same thing. And I just want to know, from a scoring standpoint, how does this get nominated? What oh, got robbed? So many. <laughs> I, I mean, it's already won. In terms of film festivals, it's won so <clears throat> many things for the score itself. And... Uh, I, I guess I look at it this way, right? If I if I had to, as to I'm going check. through this, if I had to verbalize anything, part of it is Jackie lived somewhat of a full life out past this event. And while this movie does a great job of capturing that, it doesn't give the full sense like she will continue in a sense. And certainly this score doesn't convey that. I if nothing else, it should build into something. And then, you know, I'm not saying the movie should ha- end happily, but at least have like a sense of conclusion, whereas this is just again, as you said, the same thing. We're not progressing to something good or bad. We're just doing the same thing. Well, let me read something to you, and this comes from the composer. <clears throat> uh, you know, it is Levi's plaintive refrain for Jackie that becomes one of a piece with Portman's performance, and then she goes on quoting, "For Jackie's theme, we used a, a, a crescendo." in the strings that has an uneasy, uneasy wobbly pitch. Yes, yeah, it that's does. that's true. <laughs> She's not lying. Um, it slightly distorts your comfortable idea of where the chord is because it's a triad. She's not lying there either. It does. <laughs> it's familiar sound, but it's also slightly warped by the crescendoing, and that seemed to echo something very real about what she was experiencing at the time. I don't disagree, but did I need to hear it through the entire hour and 40 minutes I mean throughout the entire movie with very little with very little change like 
during the funeral, there were some snare drums, which I was welcome to hear something different. Um, there, even even during the uh, the assassination, the, the the reenactment of that, you know, added some other instruments as well. But once this thing started playing over and over, I felt as if I was in despair and beat. Um, I didn't feel strong, and I know maybe that's the inner turmoil that this movie is trying to accomplish with Jackie. But uh, I felt tired when the movie was over. Yeah, and the problem was, and you mentioned it was a triad chord, like this sounds like chords are like C, D, and G, which are the lowest notes, the, the lowest, three, uh, lowest uh, three notes that you can put together for a chord. And it, and low, to- low tones are actually more menacing, more threatening, more scary. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I, I don't think it really worked for this film. Well, the editor, Sebastian Sepulveda, uh, you know, he had to work around the music as well. And he said, when we when we received some of uh, Mika's music, uh, at first we were shocked. He goes, this is not the kind of score that we usually work with, but it was incredible. And we were like kids in candy store playing with the score. The music is so tragic and beautiful. It's tragic. Beautiful is not a word I'd use to describe this. We're able to use it in really unique ways. Yeah, tragic, yes. Again, if it was tragic and beautiful, it is something that I might be able to play in the background while I'm at home doing research or whatever. This is just tragic. I could, I, no, if I never hear this score again, I'd be, I'd be okay with it. You know? <laughs> oh, let's hope you never do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't see the score. Um, I, I disagree with it. I disagree with the score. Yeah, and I th- I don't know. I to a degree, I think he's being polite about what he actually thinks of it. Perhaps I mean, I, yeah, I, to, you know, we were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. Mm-hmm. I bet you were. Yeah. Um, and, and it's one of the few times too that I'll pick on a score. Like you're literally, like yeah, we usually praise scores on usually. Uh, yeah, yeah, usually. I mean, there are some scores we like better than others. Mm-hmm. But it's rare that right here, all of us <laughs> just feel the it same just over, way. It just overtook the movie. It did. Yeah, it was and it shouldn't have. Yeah, not, not in this way. It, 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 let's just say, like, when you have that strong of a performance from Natalie Portman, she should, you know, the score should not be bigger than her. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 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 So that's as plainly as I can put it. Um,. You know, we can talk a little bit, too, about costuming. Mm-hmm. We interviewed a costume designer not too long ago. Um, and, you know, dressing Jackie. And uh, French costume designer Madeleine Fontaine uh, was, was, was given the challenge of, of dressing Jackie. And I think she goes on saying one of the biggest challenges was recreating the inimitable strawberry pink Chanel suit pink pillbox hat that she was wearing during the Dallas motorcade. Now, I find it interesting that it was that style that became somewhat popular, Mm -hmm. including her funeral wear, I believe. Um, But, you know, a lot of this, uh, hand-tailored for Jackie, New York fashion house of Chez Nignon, the the dress itself has become a Camelot uh, le motif. And and it has been. when When they talk about that period... Her her fashion, her dress, is always comes up. So they had to they had to recreate this dress, and they had to get the right color 
being that they were using the old school cameras, mm-hmm. you needed like yes, you can come up with that color today, but you shooting it on an old school camera, it's gonna distort that color and make it look you know it could make today's pink look green. So I found that to be very. I want to see a picture of the actual what Natalie Portman was wearing <laughs> to right. see what color they had to use in order to make it work. Uh, and they were lucky enough that they camera. had photos to actually go off of to try right. to match the real colors, you know, rather than just black and white footage. Um, so they were lucky enough to, to know what, the, what they were ultimately shooting for. Yeah, and, and there, there does, in fact, exist some photos of the dress in color, so we were able to see the original red, but we had to make two different pieces, one red, one pink, just to get the right shade of gray for the black and the white television images, which I find... Uh, listen, that's painstaking. And as we mm-hmm. talked to uh, to a costume designer, uh, yeah, th- there's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, I, and, and again, I think the casting, too. I think picking Natalie Portman, I'm not sure that it was Rachel Weiss. Rachel yeah. Weiss, yeah. I'm not sure... And again, this is no slight to Rachel Weiss, so I don't want any... Please, don't misunderstand, but I think this is where casting works. She looked good in the costume. Natalie Portman, I'm saying. I'm not sure Rachel Weiss I would think, have looked I think, as good. I think, I mean, Rachel is great as She's well. She's also woman. an Academy Award winner. Absolutely. Um, so that's not a knock to her. But I think Rachel is beyond the age of what Jackie was in this film. So I would I say... I think age might... Not to be have ageism, but I think age. It, I think that's where it works more for Natalie than for Rachel. Okay, I think um, Natalie is a, She is a very short person. Petite. Um, petite is a very good word. Uh, Rachel is not. Not to say she's, but you know, it's just two different figures. Two and different figures. You know, to me, Jackie is a little bit more petite. Yeah, I just yeah she. She looked the role physically, but when the clothes were on her, you know, it's not the the clothes that make the man, they say, or the clothes that make the woman. It's the woman that makes the clothes. And I believe that Natalie Portman made the clothes for Jackie in this movie. So, again, I think that they cast, and I'm glad they agreed on that, they they cast the perfect uh, actor to play the part. Yeah, I agree. Um... Uh, let's, let's talk about let's talk, talk a little bit more about the editing, um, which kind of goes a little bit to script writing in, in that sense. Like it's a it's a very age old sort of technique. Um, the Odyssey uses it, right? You start <laughs> at that sort of the end and work your way backwards. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so in this regard, we we it's a very simple trope. We get an, an interviewer interviewing her, and she tells the story, and we see it from her eyes. Um, but in terms of editing, it is important to make sure that balance works because. We start to um, jump between various points in time. Yeah. The assassination after, and then you know, even her, uh, even her with the priest. You got to have a sense of time. Right. And um, after a certain point, I thought the strength of the movie was that they could cut very fast. But and also, um, we talked about the White House uh, walkthrough, right? Which is uh, two years, a year and a half earlier. Sure. Before mm-hmm. the assassination, so. Um, you know, I thought they established a pretty good timeline, yeah. and we were able to follow, and then they could cut <clears throat> faster and faster in between the two, and, and, and bring us sort of a sense that, it, it, in a sense, all the stuff, like, she's timeless, regardless of 
whatever. Yeah, and Sebastian Sepulveda, uh, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, he was the editor, and basically he was sharp cuts, like you just said, that, that you noticed, uh, helped stitch together the non-chronological, uh, the non-chronological events or narrative. Um, and it moves both backward and forward in time. He goes on, like the editing was daunting proposition. There were so many elements going into the mix. A uh, highly array of emotional strands to be united. The blending of facts and interpretive, uh, you know, citation and flashbacks and jump backs, black and white photography, everything that he had to go around, you know, he had to work together with the cinematographer, obviously the director. Um, you know, and again, we always talk about pacing. What was it about this movie that made it feel so slow at times? I'm not sure it was exactly the editing. I the think movie, there was some, the music didn't help. Yeah. No. I think there were some scenes that had, like, long dialogue scenes. And I think when you go from, like, nah, I don't really want to say action, but, like, a, a more faster-paced scene where you have, say, the actual assassination cutting to her right. just talking for seven minutes about it in the interview. That I, I felt like it would lose its momentum at a lot of moments. That mm-hmm. we're, we're just hearing her talk for long periods of time which can slow down a movie yeah, and he goes on to say um, and that's Sebastian that Natalie's emotional journey became the threat of the structure and he believed the idea was to keep the audience um, so emotionally involved with her that you participate in her experience and there were times I felt I did participate in her experience uh, you know um, but I still think that the movie the movie was edited I felt well but I couldn't pick my finger. You're right. I think that there were scenes where there was a lot of dialogue, and maybe we're you know, maybe it could have used some additional cuts here or there. But to, if the goal is to focus on Natalie Portman's Jackie, that's what you have to do. Well, so. and also what I found interesting is that they, <clears throat> when they first originally cut it, it was actually shorter. Um, than this already probably, short enough I've run. I've never heard of that before, yeah. by the way. We've got to make like, it longer. They, it was to the point where they um, they were outputting like new versions of the films for the producers, and Darren Ar- Aronofsky, one of the producers, said, wow, man, that's wonderful, but at the same t- time, maybe too wow, and they realized they cut too far and needed to build some things back into the film. So one of the scenes that they apparently originally cut but put it back in was the whole hospital scene when she goes to the hospital and actually hears like when they announce that he's dead. Um, they put that scene back in to have that impact of her life is kind of spiraling out of control. Um, but if they if they were going to cut something as impor- important as that scene, what else did they originally cut and try to put back sure. in? You know? Um, and yeah. this is, was already, yeah, a short film. It, it was an hour and 40 minutes. I was actually, it was weird because I was where I, I started at uh, a landmark theater. So they always have an usher come in and say, you're going to see Jackie in the movie runs, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 this usher said it's an hour and 40 minutes. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Not too bad. And then the music started. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this could be a long hour and 40 minutes. My usher messed up and he said it's going to be an hour and 10 minutes. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, it feels like that. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, because I, I did. I was like, wait, I, I picked this movie because it was short. 
You know, like, yeah. in terms of the screen. No, in terms of the screen time. Wait, no, because I, I was like, I, know. I haven't. I, I have a set amount of time. Sure. I got me in and out. I'll enjoy the movie, but it's short. Yeah. And I was like, oh. and then, then <clears> after I was like, jeez, oh, that, that was two and a half, <laughs> two ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you think an hour? Yeah, it's listen. It happens. It's an hour and forty, but like you said, it, it felt it could have been three hours. There, there were parts in the middle, the dialogue. Uh, it took it took for me, uh, you know, it, it took for me a little while to get into the rhythm and the cadence of this movie. And again, I, I hate to be repetitive, the score did not help me with that at all. No. So. But, uh, so let's switch gears and let's talk about the reception of it all. Um, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes from 203 reviews. Um, consensus being that Jackie offers an alluring peek into a beloved American public figure's private world and an enthralling starring performance from Natalie Portman in The Bargain. Some people say it's the best movie. Huffington Post, I believe, is quoted saying best movie of the year. Hmm. I No. No. I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I, I think the acting was <clears throat> great. Yeah. I, um. I think it. This movie falls. You know, kind of fails on some technical aspects, but I, I think the acting and the actual story was was um, really well executed. Yeah. I. You know, her performance was. I again. You mentioned give her the Oscar right now. I just wondered, does the movie itself? keep her from getting the Oscar because, I don't know, I, I think this year, the Best Actress category, it's it's extremely tough. What I was most surprised about this movie is uh, people like Peter Sarsgaard was in this movie, and I thought he was really good. The other surprise to me, I mean, Billy Crudup was, was good, John Hurt as the priest, as he was fantastic, but the surprise to me was Richard E. Grant. I was like, wait, I know this guy. Who the this is the guy he this is the guy who was in Hudson Hawk? I was like, wow. Yeah, that was a long time ago, I guess. I was like, okay, I haven't seen Richard Grant in a while. He played Bill Walton. And um yeah, yeah some of the supporting cast that I didn't know was in this movie, I, I think that they were I think that they were pretty good. But this is Natalie's movie. Um you know, I, I just you know, eighty nine percent to me is very is very liberal. Um, it's very high. It's 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 a high rating. Um, you know the estimated budget though is is nine million. So you got to figure that the that that Fox Searchlight that released this movie on December second, by the way, is it's been a lot. I mean, it was part of the yeah. circuit for film festivals <clears throat> yeah. for quite some time. Yeah. And so December in, by December second, obviously not 2017, 2016. That's um yeah, December second. The movie has been out for a while. Twelve and a half million dollars to date, uh, the movie has made. That's you know, when you compare it to some other Oscar contenders, even a movie as depressing and as heavy as Manchester by the Sea mm. has has made, you know, considerably more change. You know, the La La Land is is over a hundred million. You know, even like a movie like Hacksaw Ridge. That was great. I'm really a little bit surprised. Like this is it's it's a low grossing movie, and I'm wondering if that hurts Natalie's chances of of getting the the, the gold statuette at the um, end of that night. Emma Stone won the Golden Globe. Um, and SAG. According to 
Um, according to some odds online, Emma Stone is uh, one to five to win. Natalie Portman four to one. Um, Isabel Hubert nine to one. Ruth Nega fifty to one, and then Meryl Streep sixty six to one. Those are the odds that they give. I don't mm-hmm. know how they calculate these odds, but so yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, to me, I mean, I, I guess it's a toss up. Do you give it to Emma Stone because La La Land's a happy movie? I don't even consider it a happy right, movie. If but you're gonna give an Academy this. Award to some to subpar singing, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting what you do or how it works out. My only. My only thing is, is like once you're on that that wave that La La Land is on, okay. And I'm not saying this whether I liked or disliked the movie. I'm just talking about where we're at today. Academy Awards, like there is a huge, there's a it's a tsunami, mm-hmm. like where La La Land is, <clears throat> and with Jackie's, I mean, it doesn't necessarily right now have that commercial success. I would love and to see And it's been Natalie out since this, December. I'm sorry, say that again? I'm oh, sorry. I, I would love to see Natalie win this, though. Yeah, I mean... Now seeing this not compared like she's not to... deserving, yeah, right? Now seeing this compared to La La Land, which was, you know, fun. It had its moments. Um, but I think just overall, just isolate everything and just the acting. Sure. I think Natalie was better in this film for acting than Emma Stone was better. Yeah, no. she was uh, wonderful. I just, I just wonder if, again... The movie has been out since December second, so we're we're two months. January, yeah, we're we well two into months. two. Yes, yeah, two months as of yesterday. Okay, and it's only pulled in twelve million. Now, granted, its widest is five hundred and eight theaters, so it's done. It's done that amount of change in five hundred and eight theaters. Where I can look up La La Land, but I'm willing to bet that La La Land right now is close to. If not over 2000. 2000 to in between 2000 to 3000 locations, where Jackie, like Jackie, was not playing at a theater near me. I had mm-hmm. to I had to travel a little bit to go mine see was, it. Mine was, but the showtime sucked. <laughs> yeah, mine too. Well, mine sort of kind of too. And I, you know, I'm gonna say it, it was sort of in a a, a dumpy theater, like it wasn't mm-hmm. in you know, um, and it wasn't crowded. Yeah, uh, but but. But by any stretch, but the movie has been out since before, yeah. well I, before I, I, Christmas. I think I think Natalie's deserving, but you know, again, to that same token, I mean, La La Land is just dominating other categories. Yeah. It's got a best yeah. actor. It's got it's got a best picture nomination. Yeah. Best director. Uh, you know, um, best writing. Uh, Jackie does not. Yeah. So. Agreed. Hmm. Um. All right. Any uh, final thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, do we see a sequel? No. In theory, we could. Her, In theory, we could. Well, her marriage to uh, Onassis? Why not? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, it would be a fascinating... If, if you could, Like, it would be a very fascinating portrayal. Yeah. You know, of, of Jack. Because, again, her life is... The fact that she had a full life beyond just this tragedy... Yes. ...is also very fascinating to me. Yeah. And, you know, well, yeah... I'd go see Jackie too. Yeah, Jackie Onassis. Uh, there was a there was a there was a great Boston band in the eighties called Human Sexual Response. They wrote this great song called "I Want to Be Jackie Onassis." It's an awesome song. But this is this to me is part of the way that Jackie Onassis or Jackie Kennedy really permeated above and beyond. She permeated pop culture, you know. 
Um, it, to an extent, like you can say, well, Michelle Obama did too, but Michelle Obama has the tools that Jackie Onassis or Jackie Kennedy never had. She never had a cell phone. She never had a Twitter or a Facebook account. She didn't or have Instagram. celebrities endorsing her. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Much different time period. And as far as where appearance, I'm not saying that appearance isn't important today. But back then, when it's all you really had to rely on and you couldn't use other tools other than the technology given today, mm-hmm. Jackie Kennedy gave the appearance of strength, dignity, when all else may have been crumbling down. I also thought that it was interesting that she wanted to do that Lincoln procession mm-hmm. and security. Again, it makes sense to me when you hear it said in front of you, well, they just killed Oswald. If they can get to Oswald, that means they can get to you. You don't want to do this. And I know that she waffled on the idea, but ultimately she said, you know what? Again, it came down to appearance. Now, we have to keep it this way. And the pouring of people that came to see it live and, and watching it on TV, you know, it really did bring a nation together in a way. And the eternal flame today still... You know, still breathes fire. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Marissa, final thoughts for you? Um, I, you know, I, I, I took out of this film the story and, like, the actual perception of Jackie because I personally, you know, didn't really follow her life, you know, afterwards. And I haven't really... I don't have the all the knowledge of Jackie Kennedy. But watching this, I have a greater respect for who she was as a woman going through all this in the eyes of America. And I think anyone uh in that position that's it's a hard place to be in and i respect the the way that she conducted herself especially back then Mm -hmm. um you know appearances are important but also like being grounded within everything it's also i think a little bit more important i think the filmmakers would go spot on (laughs) so that's that's what we attempted that's what we wanted to get out there and that's what i got there you go there you go um i don't have anything more to add beyond that you know i think i've sort of uh summarized everything that i've had to say so um but thank you guys for watching let us know your 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 thoughts at home uh you know it is important to us did you have a knowledge of jackie before this um did your opinion change about her and so forth um because ultimately, that's what these movies are good for. Uh, you know, it's to, it's to garner discussion. And it's not just us talking to you. It's uh, it's uh, you talking with us, you know, here. Yeah. And, and going back and forth. And I have to say uh, thank you. Uh, you know, we're number one in the Netherlands. <laughs> uh, and I have to shout that out. I think that's pretty awesome. I had a, a wonderful conversation with a good friend of ours out in the Netherlands who watches our show. And... Uh, you know, I said, well, you know, and I didn't know where it was from. And I said, well, you know what? You should tune in live and comment. And, you know, we'll shout you out. And uh, it's like, well, I'm in the Netherlands. That that might be hard for me. I'm like, the Netherlands? I go, wow. We're, so I just instantly go to, we're number one in the Netherlands, folks. So we're, you know, we're, we're taking over the world. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Netherlands. You Thank you, the Netherlands. Uh, so, and definitely check out other anatomy of movies um, that we've done. Uh, the movie that he's that Dimitri's referencing in terms of the comment that was split. That was split. Um, we've done a ton of ton of movies. Um, going to going to three hundred. 
um, I believe very soon, if not already. Yeah. Got to do the math there. But uh, <laughs> so many, so many movies that we've covered. So definitely check it out. Um, down the pipeline, we've got a Monster Calls. We've got Silence. Uh, I'm excited for the Lego Batman movie. Oh, I can't, no wait for Lego. I can't wait for Lego Batman movie. And then, of course, we'll talk the Oscars. We'll talk the, the Oscars. Oscars. Uh, we'll talk Black Panther when that comes out. Uh, Star Wars. The Beauty, Last and the Jedi. Beauty and the Bees. Beauty and the Bees. Yeah, yeah it's go. coming out next. Oh, so Jesus, next month. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a lot to be excited about. Um, so check out the archives. Check back in for new shows. Um, and keep going to the movies so that there are more movies for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's a selfish, uh, selfish request. <laughs> 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 All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.